the car's on fire and there's no driver at the wheel, this is the character generation. On your request, I compile a list of my top five resolutions for this year. I declined, because I decided that I did not believe in the new year anymore. And you must confess that at times like these, hopefulness is tend to mount to hopelessness. And I accept that it's time for a change, but not in places like this, with people like these. Welcome to the Character Generation. I'm Chet. I'm Moth. And this is a podcast where we make weird, goofy characters in D&D and other tabletop games. Right now it's only D&D. One might even say that we generate these characters. We do, in fact, generate characters in this character generation. That may or may not be the joke. I don't... Could you explain? Well, you see... (laughs) Please. (laughs) We only have so much time. (laughs) You're right, you're right. This is a deep and complex question. <laughs> uh, so last week, or I guess closer to two weeks ago, we got distracted by the holiday season. Oh, that's right, actually. This is a very special New Year's edition of the character generation for 2017. Happy New Year's, everybody. It's sure a new one by some reckonings. It's one number larger. Exactly. So, in honor of that, it's a holiday special. I don't think we have enough to do a holiday special-themed character out of 5th edition. Yeah, no, 5th edition is not exactly a particularly festive system. I need to be honest with you, my dude. We are scraping the bottom of the barrel with this episode. Uh, we are. I think this is going to be our last episode of 5th edition for at least a good while if we find like either supplemental products that have interesting information or homebrew stuff, which is its own can of worms. Yeah. Maybe we could come back, but I think this will be the last time we work on 5th edition for... Yeah, short of digging through like old fucking Dragon Magazine articles or anything, like... Yeah. It's not the 90s anymore, so they aren't releasing hundreds upon hundreds of individual source books anymore. There are, in fact, three supplemental source books for 5th edition. The rest are adventure modules. So, slim pickings all around. With that being said, we can keep New Year's festivity in mind while we're making this character, but I don't want to make any promises, because, uh... I mostly just say that so that I could do the gimmicky intro. Yeah, that's fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we have not released a podcast in i think like two weeks at this point just under probably more honestly three weeks i think it's three weeks we've been trying to do two weeks our bad (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what else to say that's on us um shout out to everyone who's believed in us i'm glad that we fucked it up on the third episode already (laughs) swish yeah so i guess with that let's do the thing let's dive right into it yeah okay so i mentioned earlier that we in fact have really slim pickings for what's left i spent a lot of the time in my adventures digging through the source book trying to find like themes Uh because we've gone through most of the spells at this point i tried digging back into some of the feats that might get into one or two that might be interesting enough but there's a lot of thematic spells that you could use to base a character off of and i guess i'll just go with like the first general theme that i found Uh uh-huh there's a lot and bear with me i mentioned one of them before okay there's a lot of spells that have to do with conjuration of food and water all right there's, first off, a spell called Create Food and Water, which is exactly as boring as you'd expect. 
<laughs> you create 45 pounds of food and 30 gallons of water on the ground or in containers within range. It's enough to sustain 15 humanoids or 5 steeds for 24 <laughs> hours. The food is bland but nourishing and spoils if uneaten after 24 hours. Hmm. The water is clean and doesn't go bad. That's it. Well, I'm glad to hear that the water doesn't spoil at yeah. least. <laughs> That'd be unfortunate. Yeah. Um, you are just creating water out of nothing, which interesting, but... I can't believe you would call this a dull spell in this, the, I'm pretty sure, still 12 days of Christmas? <laughs> Is that how this works? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I thought the 6th was like when the Eastern Orthodox people celebrate. Listen, I'm Jewish, I don't understand how this works. <laughs> yeah, I celebrate Christmas and I don't understand anything about it, so there you go. That's fair. Yeah, so that's like the first one. I know last episode, and I hate to dig it up, I mentioned Goodberry. That's another conjuration <laughs> spell where you're creating food, uh -huh. um, technically. There's also uh, this spell right here named Hero's Feast. Okay. It is a sixth level conjuration, has a 10 minute casting time, and it requires a gem encrusted bowl worth at least 1,000 GP, which this spell consumes. What the fuck? You bring forth a great feast. Including magnificent food and drink. The feast takes one hour to consume and disappears at the end of that time. The beneficial effects don't set in until after the hour is over. Up to 12 other creatures can partake of the feast. A creature that partakes of the feast gains several benefits. Creatures cured of all diseases and poison becomes immune to poison and being frightened and makes all wisdom saving throws with advantage. Its hit point maximum also increases by 2d10 and gains the same number of hit points. It's a 24 hour wow. effect. Yeah. So... My point being here is, and I know that this is not entirely a unique idea, Uh huh. wizard chef. Hmm. And the interesting spin you could take is maybe you just base their personality off of a Food Network star? Shit. <laughs> Shit, no. We can't go back to this well. We're flying too close to the sun right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what Food Network star were you thinking of basing this character on? Alton Brown? <laughs> oh my god, I'm actually crying a little bit right now. Holy shit! Alright, yep, sounds good. Alton Brown. Let's see, I'm trying desperately to remember. He did the show called Good Eats. That shouldn't be hard to remember. Yeah, Alton Brown is the star of Good Eats. He's also the star of, and this is the more important one. Uh-huh. Shit, what's the, what is it? Chopped? Was he in Chopped? I don't know. Uh, Cutthroat Kitchen. It's Cutthroat That's Kitchen. The That's okay. the show that Alton Brown was a part of. He hosted right. it. It's a good show. <laughs> and now, more I think about it, this just makes a fantastic uh, NPC that hosts a dungeon that is just fantasy cutthroat kitchen. Okay, no shit, I have been looking for a system for a while that would have good cooking rules. <laughs> because that's completely my shit. I kind of want to just do Dungeon Cuisine, the RPG. Yeah, no, that's fair. Shoutouts to Dungeon Meshi, it's one of the best manga that no one ever talks about. I thought you were going to talk about Toriko, but you know. <laughs> Listen, there are a surprisingly large amount of manga specifically dedicated to weird fantastical cooking stuff, and I read all of them. That's my <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> thinking back on it, or looking at it a little bit from this angle, uh -huh. I do like this as an NPC more than a player character. I feel like it doesn't have a lot of depth to it. 
I mean, it would be a really good personality gimmick, in fairness. Fair enough. It's something we can shelf and come back to. It's also, uh-huh. maybe they make a good New Year's feast. Is that a thing people do? Um, probably? I think we're <laughs> a week or two late for that. Mm, it's only the 4th? 5th? I don't know when this episode's coming out. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, we can see if I can get it out in the next two and a half hours, no. but probably not. No, don't do not do that to yourself. Ah, yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll shelf that. Maybe that can be like an aspect of another character. But Sounds good. Because it's not going to take up that many slots. No, no, there's not. There's, there's a theme of food spells, but there are not many food spells in general. Right. Perhaps you could combine it with general purpose, for instance, flame magic, and make like some kind of fiery guy. Yeah. Is that the one idea that you had? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's, that's, uh, Pyromancer's not... You're not really picking up on the joke that I'm laying down I'm here. I'm not pi- I, I mean, I'm picking up on the, the Guy Fieri joke that you're trying to lay out for me, but I really <laughs> don't want to, I don't want to take that bait. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We already did the Smash Mouth earlier. <laughs> <laughs> don't really want to cover our tracks too deeply here. No, not Especially at all. not before we get into more specific systems that I feel like would make a better Guy Fieri possible. Oh, yeah, entirely so. Probably Shadowrun is not among those, but we can sure try. We can we can do our best. <laughs> you said you had an idea that you were sitting on? That's right, yeah. Actually, I think this is one of the earliest ideas I had when we were trying to come up with stuff to do for the podcast. Okay. Let me go ahead and pull up my notes here real fast. But what I was thinking of, more than anything, is what might be interesting to build in this system would be a warlord. Right. The thing that existed in 4th edition exclusively, if I'm not mistaken. 4th edition and everything that took inspiration from 4th edition, but yeah. 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 I think it originally started off in uh, Book of the Nine Swords or whatever that thing was called, but same basic idea. Yeah. There's two things that I always really loved about Warlords. Okay. One, the idea of having a martially focused, like, class that's more about tanking than being a heal bot and giving bonuses to your friends to do cool stuff. And two, the idea of being able to put out damage without ever actually making an attack yourself. That is interesting. Because the coolest part about the Warlord is all of the things that would allow you to grant other people extra actions on your own turn. Yeah, that's true. Isn't it all through, like, rallying cries and waving banners? Yeah, exactly. And saying, hey, you should hit this guy. And then they do. Okay. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Of course, since this is 5th edition, we can't do that without magic, which was kind of part of the cool aspect of it, but whatever, we can still make do. (laughs) We we can do our best. (laughs) Actually, the way that I think you'd have to make that possibly ties in with one of the themes I had. Oh yeah? Maybe tangentially. uh, Let me know what you think. My idea was, there's a lot of spells I found that just allow fight wizard, like not a... Ah, okay. Or not necessarily wizard, but like a physical get in there and brawl spellcaster and like a melee based spellcaster that plays more like a fighter. Totally, totally. Which I think you'd kind of have to do to some extent just because I don't think there's enough spells and cantrips that you could do to consistently be able to just rally and cry your teammates. Yeah, definitely. Did you see any spells in particular in 5th edition that worked for what you're talking about? A lot of the ones that I saw are specific to the idea of turning yourself into the ultimate tank. Okay, yeah. For instance, Compelled Duel. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the first ones I was going to mention if you didn't mention it. Oh, definitely. You attempt to compel a creature into a duel, yada yada yada. If they fail a wisdom saving throw, 
they have disadvantage on all attack rolls against creatures that aren't you specifically, and every time they want to move more than 30 feet away from you, they have to make another wisdom save. Yeah, okay, that that's awesome. That's a really good way to like have a taunt mechanic that isn't literal taunting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. that's a bonus action, which is really nice, because you can yeah. attack and do it in the same turn. Exactly. One of the spells I found, and this lends itself more to, like, I guess not as much a tank, but it could possibly be a tank, depending, because I think some of the spells you might want would be, like, bard spells? Right, right. Shalala is a spell. It's uh-huh. a transmutation cantrip. Its component is mistletoe, a shamrock leaf, and a club or quarter staff. Just to really hammer it in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you understand that this is just an Irish spell? Yep. <laughs> it's a spell to make a real good club for hitting people with, I assume. Mm-hmm. It's the wood of a club or quarter staff you're holding is imbued with nature's power, which, interestingly enough, I think more than druids can learn it. Huh. Okay. For the duration, you can use your spellcasting ability instead of strength for the attack and damage rolls of melee attacks for that weapon. The weapon's damage die becomes a d8. Okay. It also makes the weapon magical, if it isn't already. So you can hit a ghost. Yep. I don't know if that's still a thing in this, but... I assume it is. It always has been until 5th edition, so I assume it still is. The spell ends if you cast it again or let go of the weapon. Okay. So yeah, you just make make a a stick... Real, real good at hitting people. You got a real good stick. Leprechaun magic. And you can hit people Hmm. real nicely with it. Hmm. Now hear me out here. Here, I'm starting to form an idea. Okay, I'm interested. What if halfling or gnome, fighter or whatever, like maybe multi-class fighter, maybe something else? I think what you could do, actually. So one of the mechanics I've been looking at recently because I was building a paladin is they have a couple of different oaths that they can follow or whatever. Okay. One of which is an oath to, like, the natural spirits of the world, which basically makes them, like, a druid paladin. It's weird, but I'm pretty gotcha. sure they get shillelagh. If not, they should, and I'm going to ignore it if it's not the case. <laughs> That's fair enough. I would probably do the same. If I was DMing it, I'd allow it. Especially yeah. with the character I have in mind, which is, even if it's a paladin, that's great. Uh-huh. I, I, it needs to be one of the shortest races. Right, of course. It needs to be... I'm liking this nature paladin vibe. Basically a warden from 4E, except... Yeah. Yeah. What if they're just a leprechaun? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically what gnomes are in the current canon, if I understand it correctly. I'm saying, like, the most stereotypical green bowler cap Jesus. vest... You got a you got a wooden club with a shillelagh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, I'm kind of into it because I think just going for a general warlord, it's not on brand for us. It's trying to make something that existed and it's cool and I like the idea, but it's not the extra step. And I think not only is it goofy and we need to have that or else our podcast doesn't do what we say it does. Right. <laughs> but it adds like this weird layer of role playing to it where you're like always speaking in an Irish accent and you have you could have like a secret treasure <laughs> what you could do so paladin shares a mechanic with fighters in this edition where you have a list of like different types of if you want to be like a great weapon fighter or right. a duelist i think is one of the ones that they share one of the other ones is the protection fighter or paladin Right. Which you run around with a shield and you're better at imposing disadvantage on attacks and stuff. Right. But you do have to have something you could protect. For instance, your lucky charms. (laughs) (laughs) So you're playing a gnomish paladin. (laughs) 
running around with, I'm gonna say, all of the magical items that you can find <laughs> during the course of your adventures. <laughs> fucking dying, hold up. <laughs> and you're just carrying them in a big cauldron slung across your back. <laughs> you've got the boots, you've got your moon pendant. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your horseshoes and your red balloons. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Oh, God, oh, have we already ho- found the character? Uh, this is horrible, <laughs> but yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it so much. Oh. Now, the one problem here is that you're going to be an incredibly paranoid paladin. That's that's a character flaw. That's good. That's a good point. It adds depth to your character. You're paranoid that someone's always after your magical items, your lucky charms. Exactly. If you ever get into a fight, you can grab your cauldron and throw it more than 30 feet away from you and start casting Compelled Duel. (laughs) Oh man, I actually really like this. Because, like, not only that, you could actually get, like, some really useful spells so that you're not just, like, a joke character 100%. Right, of course. You do get access to, like, Vine Lash, or whatever it's called. Vine Whip? That's a Pokemon move. <laughs> I think we mentioned it in a previous episode. If not, it's it was on one of my lists. It's you just summon vines to hit people. You get, like, all of the weird nature magic that I think rangers get. They used to get nature magic, and druids obviously get. Or if we go into Paladin, we could go for a much more protection-heavy build with stuff like Bless, Command, Divine Favor, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you get all the buff spells. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I like it. I like that idea a lot. Uh-huh. Um, it could even be a paladin that doesn't use heavy armor, and it gets to use my favorite feat. Okay. Um, it's the only feat in here that had an interesting name. Uh-huh. It's not even that interesting of a feat. It's just the medium armor feat. Yeah? It's just called moderately armored. Shit. <laughs> 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 like, as like, kind of, like, moderately armored? That's right. I am a paragon of the moderately armored. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. (laughs) But it it just, like, increases strength and dex by one. You get proficiency with medium armors and shields, like, whatever. Gotcha. That's a real 455 on a Friday name. Yeah, right. (laughs) Someone was like, I... We got it. I want to go home. The game's on. You can't just say medium armored. (laughs) I, one thing I think is really interesting about this character uh-huh. is that Shillelagh's a cantrip. Ah. So you, theoretically, could not have a weapon. You've just got... You have a walking cane. You have a fucking walking cane. That counts as a stick. Okay, there you go. And uh-huh. a shield. And your <laughs> cauldron full of magic items. Shit. <laughs> And I can't do an Irish accent, so I'm not going to record myself attempting one. But you talk in an Irish accent. <laughs> or you could just not. I mean, that also has its own charm. <laughs> you just have, like, a weird off-brand accent, like, Hey, I'm a leprechaun over here. <laughs> or even just don't bother hey, with the voice. Hey, there are like, my lucky charms. Hey, man, stay away from my lucky charms, all right? <laughs> just completely monotone. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey, they're after me, lucky charms. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's just really jaded. <laughs> just sound like, like you're always reading off of a cue card. These damn kids are after my lucky charms again. 
God, since you mentioned fucking ranger is one of the options for this character, I'm just stuck on the idea of playing a ranger with an animal companion that's a giant dire rabbit. <laughs> for why? <laughs> so that you can also have a rabbit who's also helping to protect your magical um, cereals. God damn it. <laughs> no, we can't we can't delve too deep into the cereal lore of this character. <laughs> The deep interconnected serial verse. Now, if uh-huh. you have a separate character in your party that's a ranger with a giant rabbit, uh-huh. and they're protecting magical cereal, and then you you maybe have like a pirate uh-huh. who's really into to food, yeah, like crunchy food. Sure, yeah, maybe some kind of kenku sorcerer with a very brightly colored nose. <laughs> I'd fucking play in this campaign in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh my god. God, same. I can't imagine how bad it would be to have to run it, but it sounds so fucking good. <laughs> the, the GM's like, I I wrote a story, it was full of political intrigue, and then this is what you guys showed up with? <laughs> Listen, man, I've got to follow my nose. <laughs> I quit. We're three episodes in and I quit the podcast. Shit. <laughs> No, I can't carry this on my own. <laughs> I do think if we wanted, I don't think we should go to that extreme. Yeah, uh, that's I don't fair. think there's enough there to make the serial mascot party. I think there's merit to this leprechaun character. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Probably paladin. I want to explore the one or two, one and a half other options that we have left. Yeah, what you got? The next one I found, the next theme I specifically found, was uh, the theme of weather spells. Okay. One of the themes uh, you'll notice that I have in a lot of these spells I've picked out is I kind of just put a profession on somebody. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like the, the cook wizard. This one would be like a druid. I think it has to be a druid. Okay. That conned their way into a, a very high-paying weatherman position. Shit. Where they have druidcraft to get, like, a general feel for the weather, but they also have sleet storm. They have <laughs> control weather. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got stuff like call lightning, which we I know we talked about before. Right. You have the ability to make, like, a very robust weather-based character. Yeah, like, There's definitely. all the different cloud spells, gust of wind, obviously. I can't imagine what kind of weather occasion would mean that you'd have to cast Stinking Cloud on somebody, but it's there if you need it. it I mean, it depends on what plane you're on. Oh, maybe you're Maybe you're a... Uh... Maybe you're a weatherman on Carceri. Exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, I'm into this A on its own, and B, there is one other lead we could tie into this whole idea. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and just link you an image real fast, and I want... <laughs> I want you to tell me if you think this would work as a character. All right, I'm going to just describe this image out loud. I've received a file. Nicolas Cage in The Weatherman. And it's a picture of Nicolas Cage wearing a tuxedo, or a suit, I guess. Suit is closer. Um, with a quiver of arrows strung on his back and a composite bow in his left hand draped across his shoulder. Are you saying you want to make Nicolas Cage's The Weatherman? <laughs> I mean, there's very few occasions where I do not want to make Nicolas Cage to be my RPG protagonist, but I think it would fit pretty well together here. That's true. 
Is it possible for druids to be proficient in a bow and arrow? I think it is. I'm almost certain it is. Yeah. Mmm. Mm, this is good. Mm-hmm. I ha- now, I will say this. Yeah? I haven't seen the movie. I've seen about half of The Weatherman, which is the case with most Nicolas Cage movies. Fair enough. No one's And I'm pretty you. sure that it involves Nicolas Cage having some kind of nervous breakdown as a weatherman. So, a standard Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, He's you know, imagine, down. like, Vampire's Kiss, but instead of a vampire, or thinking he's a vampire, he has archery? <laughs> <laughs> Again, only half of the movie. Okay. No, I like it. It also gives you a solid adventuring hook. What's your adventuring hook? Please tell me. Is it you go insane? Well, you used to be a weatherman, but then your duplicitous secrets were found out. Oh, okay. And then you That's, had a nervous breakdown yes. and had to go out on the lamb with your with bow your and arrow. bow and arrow. Okay. <laughs> to become the weatherman. <laughs> and possibly also a vampire, depending on how the campaign goes. Uh, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. It could very well become a thing. I like and it. maybe you wind up on some kind of remote deserted island owned by a weird nature cult. Okay, we don't need to. We don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the name of that movie. I almost called it The Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's close. <laughs> and maybe at some point you get cursed by a demon or a devil and you turn into a weird skeleton man with a big flaming head. On a motorcycle, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, no, I, we don't need to make a whole Nicolas Cage anthology <laughs> character. What about a Nicolas Cage anthology party? Fucking. That would work a lot better. Each character kind of fits their own character arc. Yep. Uh, Each character is their own Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, uh, I think that would be really fun, and I would love to run that game. I would play that game in a heartbeat. I do like the weatherman for this specific character. Oh, absolutely. Because then you can also use Rain of Arrows, Shit. which is just the best pun for this character imaginable. <laughs> Fuck yeah, we did it. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's very genuinely good. Oh god, that's completely perfect. I'm so into it. God, we have some very solid picks this episode. I, I kind of want to roll these up into actual characters at some right? point. Ooh. Well, this is the first time I've felt that, I gotta be honest. I liked both our other characters, but they oh. haven't, like, compelled me as much as these two have. That's fair, that's fair. You do also get Hail of Thorns, which is a pretty good multi-purpose oh, joke. Oh, yeah, you do. One final idea I had, and it's very much, like, a rough outline of an idea that I found I came up with based on um, a, a D&D story I was reading. Okay. About how... Did it involve the boy Drizzt Doerden? No. It was, Drizzt it was... Doerden? Nope. Doerden? Nope. Erden? No, nope. fucking the thing that kills me about fantasy novels and just like fantasy writing in general is no one fucking understands how a glottal stop is actually used but that's the only fucking way i can read all of the apostrophes in fantasy <laughs> names i think it's i think it's supposed to be doerden but then doerden doerden there an apostrophe in there it's drizzt durden shit it's it's tyler durden <laughs> um He's played by that guy who doesn't fucking shut up in your philosophy class. Ooh, spicy. God, I'm so fucking tired of Fight Club people. I don't mean people who like Fight Club, even though, like, I get where they're coming from. I mean the kind of, like, 
incredibly boring dude who's based his entire life off of the one time he saw Fight Club when he was stoned in high school. <laughs> I've met uh, like six or seven of those people in the last year. Yeah, at the fucking community college. That tracks. Mm, yeah, no, yeah. That, that checks out. No, so the story that I read was about a gnome who had, a gnome necromancer specifically, who had, like, they found an animated skeleton. Okay. He gained control of this animated skeleton, uh-huh. and then the skeleton allowed him to wear it as, like, a weird power suit. Holy shit. And then it just, like, it still talked to the party and was an NPC, but, like, he wore its ribcage around his chest, and he wore <laughs> this living bit of bones as, like, an exosuit. Uh, Ripley style from Aliens and it's so it inspired me for the idea of what if what if you took that a step further okay what if you played and both my character ideas that I really liked that I came up with this week Uh are gnomes or halflings what if you're a gnome or a halfling that like reanimates a fucking I don't know bugbear corpse (laughs) or ogre corpse See, I don't, I don't see why there's a reason we have to stick to humanoid corpses here. Well, no, here's my thing. Here's okay. the thing. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to make a mech pilot in D&D 5th edition. Gotcha. And this is the closest I could come up with, because I couldn't find a single thing to just create a golem, which would be so much easier. Huh. So instead, you're just going to be this weird flesh monster. I, I couldn't find any spells in any of the, the base rulebook or even some of the supplemental stuff, I didn't look through all of them, to just create golems. You could summon earth elementals to be, like, your friends for a little bit, but you had to, like, cur- convince them to help you, and it wasn't as easy. There's just, like, no permanent golem creation stuff. Exactly, which is weird and sucks. Yeah, totally. So, my next best bet was just, you reanimate, like, a large humanoid while you're playing a tiny humanoid. Uh-huh. And then you just have, like, a hollowed-out section of them that you sit inside of. (laughs) So, I know that you still have never watched it, and that's totally fine and understandable, but this is almost exactly Evangelion. (laughs) Get in the fucking ogre, Shinji. I know memes. Good meme. Good job. (laughs) God, I'm kind of into it, honestly. I don't have much else other than it's like your standard necromancer, but he just like, he has like a chair built into the stomach of a really fat giant, <laughs> like a hill giant or something that he's uh-huh. reanimated. He's got to be like a powerful necromancer, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, the other good thing about this is since you'd still have your own terms more or less free, I'm assuming at least, I don't really know. It depends on how you raise it. Yeah, exactly. Because if you do have some turns of your own, what you could do is you could also still spec into evocation stuff. Yeah. And then you could sit inside of it and be your own weapon system. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. Uh Uh-huh. Because my initial idea was, like, you're just in this, like, giant fat ogre that has, like, a hollowed-out stomach that you're just kind of, like, sitting on a a makeshift chair inside of. This is really fucking gross. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And you're just, like, firing off, like, witch bolts or some shit from, like, inside his stomach. Uh What if you had, like weird engineered tubes running through like to the palm of his hands shit that you would like cast fire spells like i don't know i mean i was just imagining it's like giant sized and you can just hollow out the arms and legs 
<laughs> and just climb down through there and fire out of the hands. Oh, that's so much better. Or climb up into the head and fucking pull off the Vulcan cannons from Gundam. <laughs> you could have, like, a cool scene where if you have multiple, like, gnome or halfling spellcasters in your party, you have, like, two of them running around and have, like, that, uh... Millennium Falcon fighter turret scene, but with like two weird fleshy limbs of an ogre. Shit. <laughs> basically just talking about the fucking gun tank from the original Gundam at this point. Mm. I need to watch more mech anime. I mean, in general, yes you do. Let me go ahead and show you a picture of the gun tank real fast, because I can imagine this really easily just being made into some weird ugly armor for your ogre, your hill giant, whatever it is you happen to have reanimated. Yeah, you need something big. Yeah, exactly. There are significantly more gun tanks than I thought actually existed. Because even in the original anime, they're like, yeah, this was a fucking failed design. The only reason we're using it is because it's a war. But yeah, here, check this out. Look at this weird, <laughs> ugly dog. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just got tank treads. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is before the fucking federation realized how to make bipedal things so they're like all right so zeon knows how to make weird robot people this is our idea for how to combat that it's a tank it's a, it's tank, a tank with a head on it's it it's a tank with an upper torso it's a tank arms. with arms <laughs> um i think this character doesn't fit in the whole like idea of like a full character uh -huh. I think it'd be a really interesting path to take if you were playing a necromancer and you had the opportunity to resurrect, like, a large thing. No, totally. This is not much substance there other than, like, I want to climb inside. Mm. Mm. <laughs> this is... Is it fetish play? <laughs> well, we're edging shockingly close to the old 3.5 trick of the escape artist. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't remember what it was actually called, but there was the trick with... Oh god, I think it was Epic Sleight of Hand? I don't remember yeah. how it worked exactly. You needed the thing a bag where you of holding. No, you didn't. <laughs> no? No, there was a whole trick where... I wish I could remember what skill it was, but there are so many fucking skills in 3.5 that it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think it was probably... I think there was one that was just called fucking Escape Artist, actually. Yeah. But if you got up into, like, the 50s in your DC area for making escape artist checks, you could climb into a hole that was, like, two or three inches across. Oh, Jesus. Hell. So the idea was you could do that. And climb into someone's asshole. I remember reading this. I remember reading about this. And then cast a spell to make yourself grow and give them a weird death prolapse. I don't know yeah. why this was something that people latched onto so heavily. Uh, uh, okay. No, we're not quite at that extreme, and I'm fine with never getting that far. Um, I think our two our two choices for this character that we're creating uh -huh. are between the paladin leprechaun. Uh, what was his name? What was the leprechaun's name from the Lucky Charms? Is it just Lucky? I could have sworn his name is just Lucky. Dark Google, tell me about serial mascots. Let's see. Dark Google has told me that his name is Lucky the Leprechaun. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's a problem, because Lucky definitely isn't a name. What if what if it's a, a female halfling or gnome and its name is Lucy? I mean that that's better. That's definitely it's a lot better. better. It's considerably better. 
I like that a lot, yeah. actually. Um, I'm fine with that. And then... Oh if my we, god, if... did they redesign the Lucky Charms Lucky again? Did they? Oh, they did. Oh, it's ugly. <laughs> it looks like a reject from fucking Star vs. the Forces of Evil. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Yeah, that's fair. I want to do some more fleshing out of whichever character we decide, but we need to decide on a name, and then we need to debate, I guess... And figure out which one. Stop linking Lucky Charms pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing I've discovered is there's there's no actual good picture of the Lucky Charms mascot. They're all fucking horrifying. They're all hell monsters. Okay, we're doing a podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> if I figure out how to put image links in the show notes, I'll hit you guys up. <laughs> Um, anyway, we need a name for the weatherman, and I do we do we just go with like Nick? <laughs> um, let's see, N- Nick Nick. We can't just name it Nicholas Cage, huh? His name is Cage the Elephant. Okay. <laughs> He's a rocks dawn collar. What race would this weather druid be? I mean, probably an elf, right? Nicolas Cage definitely doesn't look exactly human. No. The other thing is it doesn't need to look like Nicolas Cage to get the joke across. It might actually be better if they don't look anything like Nicolas Cage. Mm. I am going to... It'll take me a minute. I'm going to pull up a list of all of the playable races in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, but it'll take a minute. I mean, I have it open right now. Perfect. We have... I think I might have found it already. Okay. Yanti Pureblood. Holy shit. Can they be druids? I don't have that. This, is, this isn't source book material. We're already at, like, uh, supplemental product material, but... I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of He is a Snake Man. Yeah? I feel like it's probably got to be either that... Hmm. Now is he a goblin, though? Ooh. Ooh, there's also <laughs> lizard folk. Um, uh-huh, that's fair. Mm. Could always be a kobold. I'm a big fan of them. I don't think 5th edition has uh, like race limits on... Uh... On classes anymore. Yeah. Yeah. What if he's a warforged? There is not rules for warforged in 5th edition. What? Yep, there is not an Eberron setting been officially made for 5th edition yet. Huh. So that would be homebrew stuff you need to dig up. Well, shitty. Yep. Once again, 5th edition continues to disappoint me. <laughs> I'm hoping that they'll introduce an Eberron setting thing yeah. for it. They, they've recently did the Sword Coast, so I think there's good precedent that they'll continue I mean, making more stuff. Part of but... the, what they did with 5th edition is they moved it back to having it be Forgotten Realms as the default setting. Yeah, but 3.5 did that, and it still had Eberron. Well, yeah, that's fair. So, I, I, I'm i saying there might, it might happen. I don't yeah. think it will. It might. <laughs> I'm fair. hoping it does. Yeah. Well, here, let me go ahead and do something really fast. If we're already talking about homebrew class, or homebrew races, excuse me. I'd prefer not to, though. Pulling up the list of planar races from Planescape really fast? I just, I just, hmm... <laughs> What's the primary stat of Druid? 
I believe wisdom. That's their spellcasting stat. Guarantee you don't get any wisdom modifier. They're really good. Jesus. What's up with them? The racial hit die is 48. Jesus, what? Plus 2 int, plus 2 dex, plus 2 charisma. They have a plus 2 level adjustment. That makes sense. Wait, hang on. They brought level adjustment back? Yeah. Oh, fucking murder me. Apparently they did in um, specifically the book that added the monster races like Bugbear and Kobold. I like the idea of a snake man druid that he's... Because it's like, there's also the pun, and he's a he's a snake. Because he lied to all of you and controlled the weather. Shit. And he's very greedy and self-absorbed. He, like, did all of this to, like, be a successful weatherman and make money. <laughs> the height of hubris, becoming the a successful of... <laughs> weatherman. <laughs> Nobody has been more powerful than I. <laughs> That's right. Society's greatest and most far-reaching of positions, the weatherman. <laughs> Shit. Do you think he's the only weatherman in this setting? Yeah, I think so. Do you think that people refer to him as the weatherman? You've got, like, scribes and stuff of people that are, like, trying to learn how weather patterns work, but this guy's got it fucking quote-unquote locked down. <laughs> He's known as the Weatherman. I like that. He's got a title. Yeah, it's like in Dungeon World, where there's, like, the fighter or the ranger. It's the Weatherman. Exactly. <laughs> I think because of that, Yanti's the best, even though they're, like, A, not suited for Druid, but, like, who gives a shit, and B, they're overpowered, kind of. Yeah, that's fair. I'm willing to, to shake it for, like, the joke and the... <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of into the idea of an elf who has forsaken the natural ways of his forefathers. That's... mm. No, I will not simply learn how to predict the weather. I I think if I was playing the the character, Uh I'd go with Yanti. I think elf is better also just to keep our theme of only using the player handbook. Yeah, that's fair. I think elf is good. I like elf. Quick question. Okay. What the fuck is a tabaxi? Uh, I believe tabaxi are weird cat people? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Think like Nakadal. Gotcha. Yes. Tabaxi are cat people. Okay. Allow me to show you a picture. It's just a furry's... It's it's a furry. So this it's... also fits in pretty well with our food mascot lineup. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is the party face. Probably a bard. <laughs> With some Gross. real, real cool sunglasses. Oh, oh, I get, I got it. Mm. <laughs> mm. He uh, has a cheese larder. May or may not also be flaming hot. Okay. Well, which character <laughs> of these two? The do we want to go halfling or gnome for the paladin? I feel like it's probably got to be gnome because gnomes. Yeah. I the Feywild is still a thing in this edition, right? Yes. Because gnomes are originally from the Feywild, so, like, they're definitely weird fairies. Yeah, okay. So, the gnome paladin, or the elf druid. That's that's the summarization of these characters, that are definitely not just a gnome paladin or elf druid. Right, exactly. Um, God, the agony of choice. Ah, this is literally what the movie Sophie's Choice was about. Shit, this is literally what the movie Rosemary's Baby was about. <laughs> Rosemary had two babies. <laughs> One of them was a, a 
Leprechaun and the other was Nicolas Cage. And she's like, which one do I kill? <laughs> Rosemary had a baby, and then another mother came and said, hey, no, that's my baby. And they called upon the great powers of King Solomon, and he said, that's a gnome. <laughs> that's an adult gnome that you have right there. <laughs> I can't believe you're that fucking racist in 2017, Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it's about, and I think that's why we have to go with the gnome. I think the gnome is a richer cut as much as I, it's so close. I feel like the weatherman would be a lot easier to get into an actual, like, game, though. It'd be easier to sneak into, like, a real-ass D&D game. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something I would be a lot more likely to bring to a table. You could be real subtle about it, too, if you wanted. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I think the I think Lucy, the uh-huh. gnome paladin, right. is our choice. Um, Sounds good. I know this is something that we've talked about doing before, and, like, we've asked for feedback, and we have, what, five listeners right now, so we haven't gotten a whole lot. Uh Do you want to do, like, more workshopping of, like, actual character background stuff, or do we want to just leave it at the base information about the character? Well, since this is our last episode of 5e for a while, I feel like the least we could do is at least give them, like, a background or an occupation or whatever it's called in this edition. Right. Okay. Let me pull up a character sheet real fast, just so I can, like, get a general idea for it. Sounds so we have Gnome. Uh-huh. Deep Gnome, Forest Gnome, or Rock Gnome are the three official. We want Forest all the way, right? Oh, absolutely. I don't know what it means, but we gotta go with the Forest. Yeah, I mean, I, same. <laughs> choosing Forest Gnome. Yep. Um, Paladin. And then Background. And this is where it really is, like, robust. What, what kind of background would we want this character to have? That's a good question. Because we can, there's also the option to just have other. Right. So if need be, or custom, I guess is what this app that I use is called. Because this is mostly uncharted territory as far as Lucky Charms the Lucky Charms boy goes. Yeah. Do you think his last name is Charms? It, it probably is. Oh god, I fucking hate it. Lucy's last name is definitely Charms, but she doesn't tell anybody. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> she just is like, I, no, I'm just Lucy. <laughs> it's just Lucy. Yep. Yeah, I think she's got to have some kind of... She'd have to have some kind of background where she accumulated these magical items, right? I'd assume this is a character you make for not a first-level campaign, part for the course. Well, I've got one idea just paging through the list of options here. Okay. What about Hermit? That tracks. That makes a lot of sense. She's, She's living alone in the woods, gathering magical items. Jealously guarding them in an attempt to try and gain mystical secrets from them. It could even be um, part of a plot hook that some some rascally uh, kobolds or Shit. children uh-huh. stole... <laughs> some rascally human children. <laughs> they stole her magical artifacts, uh-huh. and she's on a hunt to reclaim them. Shit. <laughs> and that's how you can get in as the level one character. That's exactly how you could get in as the level one character. They were after her lucky charms. <laughs> Jesus. And they got them because they always get them. They always get them in the commercials. Every single time. Every single time they get them. It'd be an easy plot hook. The DM gets a free campaign, like <laughs> MacGuffin. <laughs> and now that's building for the story. Exactly. Oh god, you spend the entire game trying to recollect all of your missing artifacts. Oh fuck, I love it. 
Hermit, I think, is definitely the choice to go with this. Perfect. Do we want to randomly roll the personality characteristics that it gives us? Uh, yeah, sure. Just so you know, uh-huh. forest gnomes yeah. get the racial stat bonus of plus one dex, plus two int. Ooh. Paladins. Well, we're <laughs> real well-rounded. Mm-hmm. We might have to come back to that if we ever make this an actual character. Mm. Oh, well. All right. What is the reason? Well, we no- already know the reason for her life of seclusion. We can skip that one. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know what stats Paladins need, so I'm just making up a bunch of bullshit. Strength and uh, charisma. Yeah. Thankfully, they don't do the thing anymore where it's like, oh yeah, you still cast your spells with wisdom, but you need your charisma for your lay on hands. Then you also need strength for fighting and constitution for taking hits. I mean, like, constitution is still something that you'll probably need for taking hits. Well, but... yeah. That's just how it goes for being a spellcasting character who wants to get into melee, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, personality traits, I never did the ones that it came predetermined. That's fair, because they're not very good for the most part. First personality trait, paranoid. I don't remember how the personality traits work in 5th edition, I'll be honest with you. That's fair. It's There's no real like weight behind any of it. It's like a regimented sort of character role-playing guide as far yeah, as I can tell. Yeah, which we can figure out on our fucking own. So. Yeah, exactly. But I'm going to roll down the list real fast just to go for it. Okay. Personality trait, I rolled a 3. The leader of my community had something to say, on, something wise to say right. on every topic, and I am eager to share that wisdom. That doesn't sound right at all, but we're rolling these out, so let's go for it. <laughs> Alright, what's her ideal? Greater good. My gifts are meant to be shared with all. That's not right. <laughs> That's exactly the opposite, in fact. Alright, let's see what that bond is. 1d6. 2. I entered seclusion to hide from the ones who might still be hunting me. There you go. Okay, that one makes sense. The other ones suck. Alright, what's that bond? We get a three. I am dogmatic in my thoughts and philosophy, I guess? Uh, uh, uh. No, okay, so here's the real thing. This character is selfish. Yes, absolutely. This character is selfish and, like, despite being a paladin that is really good at buffs, uh-huh. all of the, the buffing is, like, helping the party help her. Right, exactly. Lucy's like, you guys can help me get my lucky charms. I will help you so that you can help me sort of thing. Yeah, totally. She's very paranoid of all of her possessions that she has on her and is always scared that people, even that she, like, kind of trusts in her party, are going to steal them. Right. They're after her lucky charms. (laughs) Exactly. She entered her seclusion as a hermit because there were people hunting her lucky charms. There's a theme here. (laughs) Maybe the Lucky Charms used to belong to some larger organization, but they fell apart and she's the only surviving member. Mm. Or maybe she's a master thief. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> no, I like that. I, th- I think that's something that you could develop as the story progresses if, like, it's not something that you need to come up with on the spot. Yeah, totally. Like, where they came from, it's just, you have them. Yeah. You either gathered them or they were given to you, or the remnants of a family heirloom, something like that. Totally. Let's see. I'm it's, it's given me the option to pick two skills. The two skills that you immediately get with this character so far are medicine and religion. Okay. The remaining ones are athletics, insight, intimidation, or persuasion. It's gotta be athletics. You gotta have that cross-country stamina. Yeah. Lucky runs a lot. Exactly. And then insight, intimidation, or persuasion. It's gotta be insight. You gotta know if they're after your lucky charms. Exactly, yeah. You live in constant fear that someone's going to be stealing your lucky charm. Every you... single person you meet, you're like, I make an insight check. Exactly. <laughs> okay. 
And then we know the equipment is obviously the the walking cane. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let me read off what Hermit gives you for equipment by default real fast. Okay. Let's see. You've got tool proficiencies with your herbalism kit. Get one extra language. And your equipment is a scroll case stuffed full of notes from your studies or prayers, a winter blanket, a set of common clothes, and an herbalism kit. Oh, gotcha. And five gold, because you're poor as shit. <laughs> Problem. Uh-huh. We need to pick a martial weapon. Mm. God. Well... It won't let me pick a non-martial weapon. <laughs> <laughs> well... Do we want to go with protection? Yes. Okay, so it's got to be a one-handed weapon, then. I mean, we can get a simple melee weapon, too, and that's definitely a club. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But... What about... Well, since we're probably going to be using our club for the most part anyway, what if we take a two-handed weapon for versatility's sake? We could also take a ranged weapon. Mm, That's that's a real good (gasps) point. What you got? A net. That's what I was fucking looking at. <laughs> it's a net. That's <laughs> the answer. It's a net. Because I think there is a, like a, basically just a pitfall trap used in one of the commercials. Admittedly used on Lucky, but he probably could have harvested that to use on other people. Lucky's learned the ways of these children. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most dangerous prey. Uh, I'd assume probably an explorer's pack, not a priest's pack. Yeah, probably cool and then the holy symbol is definitely just like one of the symbols of the the cereal right oh yeah totally probably the horseshoe yeah it'd be the horseshoe it's got to be just a normal horseshoe that you channel your power through yeah it turns out halfway through the campaign it was made out of a fucking melted down nail of the true cross or whatever (laughs) yep dude i love this character um lucy charms just lucy (laughs) The gnome paladin who wears like what a green scarf, uh-huh. a, a green bowler cap, yeah. has red hair, freckles, <laughs> smiles a lot despite being paranoid. Totally, I love it. This character is fantastic. Yeah, I think we done we done did it. We done did the damn thing. And that's that's a I think that's a fantastic way also to uh, wrap up fifth edition. Yeah, it's a good way to see this book off. Hmm, I'm I'm happy with it. I know we. I don't know if we talked about it in the in the podcast itself. We've been discussing what we're going to go with next for the next like style of tabletop RPG. We're looking at Shadowrun. Probably 4th edition, because that's the easiest one to just completely fuck up. Yeah. And also, I own every single book for it. Okay, well, that's awesome. 4th <laughs> um, edition Shadowrun, I think, is what we'll be starting with next episode. And we will, uh, we're awful, again, be going back to our two-week schedule. That's the hope. Other news, we have in the works a new hosting system in place to replace SoundCloud. Yeah, it turns out that when we created this, we didn't realize that we only get 180 minutes of upload time unless we want to pay a lot of money per month. Yeah. As it stands right now, uh, we can't really justify paying that much money per month for a SoundCloud Pro, Super Pro, or whatever the fuck it's called. Pro Unlimited, I think. Yeah. Because if we bought the normal Pro, we'd just get fucking six hours of space instead of three, so we'd be able to get a couple more podcasts in there, so fuck it. Yeah, exactly. On top of that, with new hosting, we will will be getting uh, an RSS feed, and so that means that you'll be able to find us wherever you download podcasts normally 
yep, we'll get registered on iTunes and all that stuff, so you'll see us in all of your automatic searches from now on, hopefully. Yeah. Well, not from now on, but in a week or two. Starting then. And soon we'll actually have a proper website, hopefully, because right yeah. before we started this recording, I just bought thecharactergen.stream because it was very cheap. Yep, uh, that's just the character gen dot stream, the word stream. Right now, I think it'll just link to our Neopets pet page, which will have uh, like a, just a simple directory of everything that we need once we get it all set up. At the very least, it'll have the SoundCloud on it, so you can listen to all our podcasts. Do we want to have the Twitter feed on it, too? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, you can find us at the character gen on Twitter. You can find me at Seroma with two eyes on Twitter, S-I-I-R-O-M-O. And of course, obviously, there's always, it's the only site that we know is never going down on us, www.neopets.com slash tilde sephiroth uchiha, all one word. <laughs> we're all, you're obviously listening to it here, but we're on soundcloud.com slash thecharactergen. For now. For now. Uh, I'm probably going to be hosting all of our uploads on archive.org, most likely, at least until we decide if we actually want some personalized web hosting exactly but it'll all be through the rss feed so you guys don't have to worry about any of that stuff also if you have any suggestions for the show or want to get in contact with us for any reason you can get a hold of us at uh the character gen at gmail.com and of course you can message us on twitter all that sort of stuff as well or like just fucking dm us on discord like we know who's listening to this podcast right now you've all got our fucking (laughs) contact info oh that should wrap it up I believe. I think so. Oh. I've been Moth. I've been Chet. And this has been the Character Generation. I'm a <laughs> 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 <laughs>